When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Zoobcast. This is the McDavid episode. This is episode 97, which is fitting because it is All-Star Weekend right now. Or All-Star Week, I guess. Or Weekend. What is it? Friday today? I guess it's All-Star Weekend. Yeah, there was, there was stuff last Ooh. night, so I might as well count it. There was. Are you saying Friday is the weekend, Adam? Are you going to get into a debate well, on this? I, I, I really don't want to get into a debate on that, but I would consider Friday. I'd consider the back half of Friday the weekend. Fair weekend. enough. Like once you're off work, uh, then it's yeah. the weekend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So it's but, almost but the weekend because we're recording very early. We are. Well, this is the earliest Zoomcast recording in history. I, I have to set an alarm for this. Eleven a.m. Can you believe that? Let it be known. Really I have offered work. recording at eight, nine, ten a.m. before, have. and both yeah. Louis and Adam have always rejected my offers. I so, I will not. Eleven is baby yeah, steps. To be fair, no I do not want to record a Zoomcast at eight a.m. That is yeah, the last I, thing I, I would I, want to do. It would be, that would be a rough Zoomcast. That would really be tough. Maybe we're not all alpha males like you, Josh. I'm sorry. But let's get back on track. Did any of you watch the draft last night? That all-star draft? That was terrible. That was so bad. Oh my god, it was horrific. It was, it was really horrific. Like, I, I did not okay. watch anything. I, when I heard that the NHL was going to do this, I was I was excited for it. I was like, this is the best way to do All-Star Weekend, is this draft. Because do you remember, and there was a clip on Twitter that was circulating. Do you remember the Ottawa draft when the All-Star game yes. was in Ottawa? It was yeah. awesome. And like, there was a good one, like, I think, I don't remember, maybe it was like Columbus that they had a draft, like when they traded like Hall for Sagan. Like, that was funny. Like, yes. there were just, the draft for the all-star game had a lot of really good moments it was a great way to get engaged with the fans i don't know what the hell they were doing with this weird thing like the celebrity captains were seemed weird like everything was just weird and honestly like i don't know what's changed in 10 years but the players suck like they don't they're not boozed up (laughs) they're not boozed up the like honestly only guy that was even trying was Matthews. He was the only one who was even like remotely trying to do anything that was fun. McDavid, I don't care how good that guy is, you cannot put a microphone in front of him. Like that was brutal. I don't know what the hell was going on there. And like, I don't know, there was no banter. Like Day and, and like David Amber was like kind of trying, like he was doing the little interviews with them, like, you know, when they were on the draft floor, like waiting to get picked, and they were just like it was so stiff, <laughs> like it was brutal. And I don't know, John like Gushy Gross was brutal. He was yeah, he so did, he terrible. had a tough go. Yeah, he had he had a really tough go. I was a weird crossover good. that he was there, but like I don't know, man. If this is the players now, like if this is what they're like, I think you have to really revisit 
the concept of the all-star game as a whole like is it even worth it to do the all-star game like isn't the whole part of the all-star game like fan interaction and like having like the players showing off their personality if the all-star weekend now is just i have to sit through this so that i can have like a few days off (laughs) after this is done before we get back to playing like it's just like no one even looks like they're having fun like i'm sure like for the city that it's in i'm sure it's great like i'm sure it's great for toronto and i'm sure a lot of fans are coming in and like the red carpet is great but like i don't know man it it was it is just so not what it once was i'm interested like do you guys think that the all-star game is still viable as the thing that the nhl does or should we really look at switching something up i can't remember the last time i actually watched the all-star game to be completely honest (laughs) sometimes i might just have it on you know like in the background but it's not something like oh it's the all-star game this weekend let me turn it on it's i don't know maybe i'm maybe you guys watch it more than me i don't know but especially just the three-on-three format nobody really caring like it doesn't seem it's not all that fun i think the last time i actually watched it was back when i was uh overly addicted to hockey ultimate team back in nhl 20 and i had the game on so i could like live buy and sell things on the auction house as players oh yeah oh yeah Um, and that is the only time that it felt interesting to watch and that was for a completely separate reason um i don't know i think the nhl as a whole needs to stop being like we've brought this thing back but don't worry remove we've removed everything about it that was fun before like (laughs) please it's gotta stop it's so bad like some like some of the celebrities were okay like Mike, the whole Michael Bublé thing was was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the, oh yeah, true. Michael Bublé on Shrooms. That was the best part. Legendary. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah, props to him. But like, I don't know how Will Arnett keeps getting in these events, but he's brutal. Like, he is just really cringe. I'm sorry, Will Arnett, or anyone who likes him, but that was a tough scene. Like, Tate McRae was kind of just there. She didn't really do anything. And who was the other one? Who else was there? Justin Bieber. Bieber. He, yeah, he. I guess it's Toronto. He kind of has to be there. But, like, the kid Leroy was there. Why wasn't he a celebrity judge? I'm sure a lot more people... He was? Yeah, he was He was, he was, he was just like, there he was attending that event. I'm pretty sure... We're not, you know, we're not a paparazzi or a gossip podcast, but I'm pretty sure he's dating Tate McRae, so that's probably why he was there. And he's friends with Justin Bieber. As a I resident, a huge Kid Leroy fan, I can yeah. give everyone the, the updates. But I think that's probably why. He's friends with... Bieber, there was a big party after, and there's rumors that he's dating Tate McRae, so I guess it makes sense. I would much rather want to see what, like, an Australian celebrity would do with the NHL All-Star Weekend who is that age <laughs> than Will Arnett. Like, I would he's... I would have subbed in Kid Leroy for Will Arnett pretty quickly. Yeah. When I went to see him in Toronto, he was wearing a Leafs jersey, and I'm pretty sure in Montreal he wore a Habs jersey. He knows so. of the existence. He, he knows... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, and you know what I'll say in Calgary? He didn't wear a Flames jersey, so maybe he does not wow. care for uh, Western Flames. Canadian teams. Maybe you could say that he's not a big uh, Chris Tanev supporter, which is... What a transition. My sorry segue attempt into what this next transition. part of the show. Because I don't want excellent. to talk about the All-Star game anymore, but the Hell Senators... Yeah. The Sens, so first of all, the Sens, uh, Sens have been good of late. Yeah, we should talk about that before Tanev. Yeah, we should. But I'm going to use Tanev as a segue to the Sens, and I'll come back to it, because it's a roller coaster here. But I think the Sens laid a a stinker against the Rangers. No way around it. It was a complete stinker. They laid a a stinker by Corpusalo. 
That's about well, it. Wasn't Sogard to me. Didn't Sogard start that game? No, Corpusala got pulled. The Rangers Sogard game? came in after. Was it not? Uh, Pretty I sure. Fact check that. You might be right. I believe you're thinking of the game after Sogard got pulled and they came back and won against Nashville. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That is yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it, remember right. Kreider's goal, shorthanded? Yep. I think, or four yeah, or whatever. It was a brutal. Yeah. Brutal goal. The, the there sense, some brutal goals in that like, game. played fine. There, there's definitely some uh, game score effects going on because they were down and having to try and score a lot more than the Rangers did. But I don't know. I, I think the last 10, 11 games, I don't think there's been a single game where I watched it and said, yeah, they deserve to lose this game. If that Nashville game was me and Louie were talking about this after the game, that could be their signature win of the season, so far at least, because that first period was horrific. And some of it was bad goals, but like still last two goals, like the first goal, okay, whatever, fluke bounce, no one's fault, it happens, that's a stupid one. Sogard did not look good on those other two goals. Like, he was way, he seemed way out of position, and he was kind of sliding he around. He himself and... looked so small for a 6'8 oh goalie. Like, how on the second goal, so small. It was, it was good. Like good on Tomasino. It's a good shot. This it's a good finish. But you can't really give him that if you're so guard there. Like you have to assert yourself a little more. But man, like I was pretty sure. Like after that period was done, I, I essentially like I was watching the game with my dad, and and I was like, you know, like I'm I'm not gonna watch. Like this sucks. Like I'm not watching the rest of this. Like you can watch the the Alexander Dag documentary, which is great by the way. And my dad hadn't seen it, so he, I told him to watch it. But I wanted to walk. <laughs> it was like 8 p.m. I needed to clear my head. I was so pissed off after that first period. I was like, Jesus Christ. Went for a walk, had Dean and Gore on the radio, and I heard them score three times. <laughs> I was like, wow, I guess I got to get back there. But good on the Sens, man. Like, they... Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So you went on a walk to go clear your head from the Sens while still listening to the game? I had It was a half listen. It was like one earbud, <laughs> low volume. I was just literally like I couldn't I, I didn't understand I was just waiting for the goal like when he says goal and it's like yeah, everything yeah. gets loud I'm like I can at least know that this happened but I was like man like good on him when have they ever done that like when do they come back ever they ne- like DJ Smith that yeah. game's over 100% that was probably a conditioned reaction why I decided not to keep watching that game but they battled back and they you know what I watched like I came back and I watched the third period they didn't score they played a good third period in that game. Like, as far as the 0-0 third period goes, they were friggin' in there, and they did well. Great overtime winner by Giroux on the play with, uh, I believe it was Chikrin, who was on the rush with him there. That was huge. And that's a big, that's a, that was a big win for them. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. There was Timmy, yeah, exactly. So but Chikrin was on the back check, yeah. He was on the it was I think that's great what you were back check, too. It was a really, really yeah. good back check by Chikrin. Um, and then they follow it up with a good, like r- a good win against Detroit. Like they did well against Detroit. Like they deserved to win that game. They had to go to overtime, but like, I don't know. Like it, it was just like, they, they're just playing well. It's, it's, it's fun. It's better to watch the Sens now. And it's the same old story, like three months too late, they start doing this, which is really frustrating. But like I don't know, just enjoy that they're playing well. What did like? What did you guys think of that? What did you guys think of that Detroit game? Because Maddie Joe was getting booed like crazy, which I guess people with that kind of is expected, I guess. And then they had like Lalonde calling the dive on on Stutzla there. Like a lot of stuff went on in that game. What was your takeaway from that game? You want to go first, Louis? 
I got some uh, thoughts. No, I think you should, I think you could take this, Josh. Go ahead. I know you have uh, a to say. So many things I want to say and so many things I probably shouldn't say on the podcast. Not like that they're yeah. inappropriate, just like well, personal opinions. Some of them. And I actually I have said like Moritz Sider his best year was his rookie year. What a what a guy. Um incredibly funny the way he fell as Brady came out of the box to score that goal. It was so poetic. Um, especially so because poetic. Wallman That was great. If you want to call yeah. dives, the biggest dive in that game would have been Wall. I don't think it was actually a dive. I think he lost his balance, whatever. But if you want to call something in that game a dive, it was Wallman falling there. While Gary Galley said he gets a stick in his legs, his stick never touched the Gary ground. Galley. Gary um, Galley had a brutal game. He, he they've had three straight Harner Ryan Singh games with either Sam Costantino or Gary Galley. They need <laughs> yeah, to free us brutal. from. That's another that thing we can brutal. comment on from the game. I know some people like uh, Harner Ryan. I know he's done a lot. He does a lot of West games. Yeah. I just find sometimes, especially when his color commentator isn't doing him any favors, it's like he doesn't know what's going on in the game at times. Like the amount of times there's a whistle, and all he can say is, "And we have whistles on the play," and he has no clue what the whistles are for, is like frustrating almost. But you know yeah. what? He's not as the they've, they've gone what? I guess one of them was the Rangers game that they got smoked, but. The other two, they played well. So maybe if Harnaran Singh and Gary Galley duo are the good luck charm, I can handle it. I, I can know. listen to some games oh. on mute. That's mm. tough. <laughs> I can I can overlay TSN 1200 with the game. I was going to say, yeah. I'll put in that effort. Just, if it's not horrible, tune into the away broadcast. Or, the, or not the away one's you know, always the bad. And you're not That's the, the Detroit problem. one sucks. That, that and you saw the Nashville one where they were saying Ridley Greg... Uh, Purposely skated yeah. into Lazon's yeah. stick and yeah. then dove. That's crazy. I didn't even remember that. So that I don't know if I want to listen to other broadcasts. <laughs> I, I to be fair, like Gary Galley or Sam Costantino also called Joseph a die. Uh, said he dove in that Rangers game when he got Wheeler's skate behind his leg and then his arm pulling him back and he fell. Um, Costantino did call Joseph a diver. So really, there's no winning. I think watching on Sam mute is the best man. way. Yeah, I, yeah analysis. Like, I don't know much about the the Nashville away broadcast people, but the Detroit away broadcast is like one of the craziest I I hear all the time. They have that color analyst. I forget his name. I know he's a le- he's kind of a legend. I think his name's Mickey Redman. But and you know, like he's been around, like respect where it's due. But it's kind of seems like Bob Cole territory where he is just a dinosaur like that guy has no idea what is going on on the ice like he is just making the weirdest comments and he's saying the weirdest things that don't make any sense and they really don't like the sends now that wings broadcast like they have a serious vendetta against the sends which is kind of funny but i mean commentators aside it always feels good to beat the red wings and they hate it the fans hate losing to the sends like there was a lot of screenshots on twitter of like you know, people in in Reddit forums or something, or like live stream chats. Like, God, I hate losing to this like prick team. <laughs> Just like, yep, go sends, man. It's a tough. That's a tough loss for the Wings. They are in the fight for the wild card right now. Going into the break, they're playing the lowly Senators, and they only muster up one point on a goal from Dylan Larkin. And on that goal, I mean, we talked about a lot of good things. That Dylan Larkin goal, man, that was some. 2018-19 Senators D-Zone right there, dude. That was brutal. You had, like, Stutzla, who was following Larkin for a bit, 
and then like stops following him like he just peels away for some reason then he's like yeah kubalik like you got him and kubalik's like i have i know i don't and then he's like he kind of just stands still and then the shot comes from pretty far away there's a guy screening corpusalo in front and chikrin is off to the side just like existing like he's just like looking at him screen his goalie and he's like yeah he'll make that save like i don't need to help him out and then it was a good shot by Lurkin. It finds the top corner. That was a frustrating one. But the Sens pull it off. And now they're off for, what, 11 days or 10 days because they get the Next break. Friday? Yeah, they get the break after the All-Star game. So, because, you know, that's what the Sens needed is another huge break in this season because we haven't had enough of those yet. Yeah. More scheduling, more funny scheduling stuff. Like, yeah. the break started yesterday, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there were six total games. Yeah, and it was like the same Why? three teams. Yeah, the Sens played, yeah. the Predators played twice, uh, the Sharks, the Sharks and, played and twice. Played. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. This is a little weird, but it is what it is. It is what it is. The um, Sens playoff odds are eight percent now on money. Oh, we're really okay. Eight <laughs> percent. I'm down for eight percent. Let's go. 16. I think it, I think that's I think eight percent is a fair number assessment like yeah, you're talking I'd one in 12 or one in 13 a little bit generous i you know? put it a little lower maybe yeah maybe a little bit but i think it's factoring in the uh no hammock uh effect mm. true so okay point. let's talk but money puck uses happened. like a recency bias model and the sun's been good in their last 10 so that's part of it but we can move on yeah let's move on to chris tanev because that is how we got here in the first place the the senators have been rumored now for a couple of weeks to have been in on Chris Tanev, who is a defenseman on the Flames, who is a UFA at the end of this year. And he's an older guy. He's been around a lot. And he's kind of the guy, like, Steos has talked a lot about getting, like, good pros into the onto the team, which I think is, like, certainly not outrageous. Like, it kind of feels like they need it. There's certainly been some maturity problems this year. Um, but it seems like from what the insiders are saying, the ask on Tanev is a second round pick and an additional asset. Louis, do you think that is a fair return or a fair price for Chris Tanev? And what would a package from the Sens look like around those parameters if they were to get him? I think it's absolutely fair. I mean, I am still a really big Chris Tanev fan. Um, he's exceptional still defensively i know he's 34 i don't know if he's turning 35 at the end of this season or if it's later on not that it really matters that much but the thing is you do see steeper drop-offs the later you get in age for a player right um but the thing is in december yeah perfect exactly. excellent um so yeah he's still super good defensively whether that's in his own zone off the rush um, obviously he's not going to create much, but he's still a strong passer, especially on the breakout and even in the offensive zone, just to keep things going. Um, he's actually got one of the top three teammate utilization scores in my model. Um, so that's good to just keep the puck moving in general. Um, I don't know what an additional asset would look like, because again, that part I feel depends on whether there's an extension included. Um, cause right now the big thing with the Sens is that they want to tell Tanev that, hey, we're, we're going to be going for it next year and we'll be in that hunt. They're trying to fool him just like they've been trying to fool us all these years. Um, yes. So I think that uh, the strength and value of that asset is very much dependent on that. 
I don't know what that could be. If it's just an extra mid pick, then sure. At that point, you absolutely do it, in my opinion, because when are those picks going to help you if you draft them in terms of helping you get to the playoffs in that window? That's going to be years and years down the line. At this point, you kind of pull the trigger. The thing. Go on, sorry. Adam, we were both going. You go, Adam. I was going to just say, like, the only thing that I would argue against that draft pick argument is that the Sens were recently just given the 31st best prospect pool in the NHL. And yeah, you need to restock that at some point. <laughs> and you're also looking at it where you don't, you know, you are down at least one first in the next three years. And who knows if they suddenly come out of the gates next year, like ripping, maybe they want to trade another first for a rental or something or another big piece. The thing is, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better piece than Tanev. That could use that. I think second. it just depends I, what his next contract is. Yeah, wise. absolutely. Because you already I mean, have this need to come with an extension, so much. right? Like you can't. Yeah, do this. This yeah, of course. Rent. But I, I still mean he's your number. Not I'm not saying. Well, he probably is, right? Your fifth best D man. Either way, either he's playing on the third pair or a guy like Chikrin or Zuber. I'd argue he's but, better than Zub. Maybe, but point is, Zub makes four point six. So if you bring in Tanev, then your fifth best D man makes Tanev makes four point five, right? So either way, yeah. we're, we're like splitting hairs here. You have a guy in your third pair making just under five million. That's the real question mark. So it's like if Tanev is taking a bit of a cut because he's getting old and he signs for three, three and a half, I think that's very manageable on your third pair, especially considering anytime someone in the top four is injured, he's a hundred percent the first guy moving up. And we have Adam with his finger up. He just turned his camera yeah. on. We we have Zoobcast breaking news. Oh uh, the Kings have just fired Todd McClellan. Wow. Oh. The Kings have wow. the Kings have been horrific in the last few games. It's I, terrible. I know that. They have been Cam Talbot masterclass. Not the last few games. Cam Talbot the hasn't won month. a game since last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Since before wow. Christmas. That's bad. Yeah, that's Ten bad. Game losing streak. So, Todd McClellan is now out. And the first thing that went in my mind as I saw that is that that is another coaching candidate for the Sens in the summer. Because it's not going to be Jacques Martin, almost certainly, right? Like, that's kind of been decided. Like, he's going to be here till the summer, and he'll stick around, but they're going to get a new coach. And now Todd McClellan is out. What do you, like, what, is Todd McC- would Todd McClellan be worth it? I don't know. Do you think? He's one. I don't he's, necessarily like, have... He's been around good teams, Todd McClellan. I don't, I don't have know him an, enough. much of an opinion on yeah, him. Yeah, neither do I. My opinion... He's always been a West guy, Todd McClellan. Yeah, yeah. West. yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Todd Not something I'm history. focused on right now, personally. The Sens' next head coach. Yeah, he went to the we'll conference to finals happen. twice with the Sharks. He took the Oilers to the second round once, and he's made the playoffs in the last two years with the Kings. It's not a crazy, not a crazy history of winning, but I don't think I would be going on. out of my way for him. Yeah, fair enough. He's had some. He was on like those Sharks teams were just good teams, like kind of inherited yeah. good teams. But anyway, so the I conditional pick in the Monahan trade is a conditional yeah. third in, in twenty twenty seven. Yeah, <laughs> let's go right down the down the line. They just but traded anyway. for a fifteen year old. Yeah, that's going to move the needle. But that the condition is if um, the Jets win the cup this year. So, oh, so yeah, that's, that's not happening. Okay, we're good. Yeah, yeah. I thought also, Louis was going to. Louis said it himself. I thought no. Was now that they've traded for Monahan, I'm less confident. True. Also, I mean, let, like, is Monahan much of an upgrade over like Rasmus Kupari? 
Like he is an upgrade over Dominic Toninato, who they keep playing. But I don't. Who, know where that does Toninato play? They've been playing him every once in a while, like second line with Ehlers, and it's like get him off of my team's top okay. nine for the Here's love of God. Here's how I'm going to evaluate that. So let's say he comes in for Toninato. Toninato is averaging ten minutes and eleven seconds a game. So you just traded a first rounder for a guy who's going to replace a guy playing ten minutes a game. If that's like obviously that's not exactly what's actually happening, but. I don't know. With Velarde back, yeah. it feels weird. Like it feels like Velarde would be the addition that you need. Well, you're gonna push Velarde down, who's you know on pace for like 30 goals over a full season. I don't know. I mean, who do you have play behind him? Now? And then I think I don't know what's the timeline for Shifley coming back. I probably should. zero clue. I don't follow. I don't. Um, it but just says he was in a regular right jersey now. six days ago, but he hasn't played. So probably soon. Yeah. So he was a game okay. time call on January 23rd, so I don't know what's happening. Yeah, so in in that case, you probably keep the third line of Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton together. And then I guess you roll Connor, Shifley, Velarde, Perfetti, Monaghan, Ehlers. So I have follows yeah. on the fourth line. I follows Ben on the fourth line. Or wait, did you see he was on the third line? Thing. No, oh, I follow's okay. been on the fourth line, but he's playing with Baron and Kupari. So Nemestikov? Baron and Kupari, I follow is a really good. Oh yeah, actually, wait. <laughs> uh, so what? Your fourth line like... is they have a very deep roster. Like your fourth line is Nemestikov, yes. I follow, and like Barrett or whoever on it. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl Fifty Eight? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. As of now, the Niners are minus 120 favorites over the Chiefs, with an over-under currently set at 47.5 points. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. That's pretty good. Yeah. It is Kupari, really good. yeah. I mean, Kupari has one point in twenty-one games, but um, yeah. And uh, even then, on D, you don't really have. Yeah, I, I just know, feel like this is like not a bad team. the the Jets are sort of like if you're gonna make an addition, I would have thought it would have been like a high-end offensive player. Like, yeah. and I'm not even just saying this because he's on the Sens, but I feel like Tarasenko could have made sense for them because he scores like he just scores more. Right, like the Jets have one yeah. point per game player, and it's Shifley who has forty-one and forty-one, and I guess Connor if he stays healthy and catches up a bit. Is he still? And we know they're Shifley? good defensively. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking yeah, about that. Shifley's year. been a game time decision for two weeks, so I don't know what's. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just I don't know. They don't. It's like they're okay. Let's add another middle six piece. So now they have like eight middle. They're they're essentially the Habs, but good. A bunch of middle sixers. The difference is they actually have better top end talent. Except we still have the carry price equivalent in Nets. Yeah, better than carry price, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, don't have enough to convince Winnipeg, me about that. Winnipeg Jets. Let's let's go back to Tana because I 
yeah. I want to say something that is interesting about Chris Tanev. Go on. For all the plus minus truthers out there. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. And I've officially tuned out. <laughs> look, look, look. Plus minus sucks. But sometimes when you see things that are just cool, you just have to mention it. And Chris Tanev has only played, since 2012, has only played on three teams that made the playoffs. And two of them, or one of them lost in the first round. So no real powerhouses. And yet he has only been a negative one time in his entire career. Pretty good. Yeah. He's played on a lot of really good. bad teams. He's played on the Canucks for so, so long. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. just impressive to me. Impressive. Even though, you know, a lot of it I could mean, be, like, you know, you look deeper, but. He has a 100 in zone defense in my model, and he is still one of the best at stopping like def- chances against off, off the rush. Like he is, he's still super good defensively. You want to talk about guys like that Noah are going to help the more offensive guys? Like he's a Noah Kahn great... doppelganger. When Noah Kahn comes to Ottawa him. in April, Chris Tanev better be a senator so he can come out. Wow! And just, like, I just trick looked everyone. up this guy. And Josh is 100% right. Yeah, he looks he is. exactly like him. Yeah, I didn't know who this was. He's a singer. American singer. I'm, going to, I, I'm just saying, Louis, I don't know if you're going. I don't know how much you like him. He's coming to Ottawa in April. They have, if Tanev is on the Senators, he oh, has to it be. It is there. identical. It's yeah, a it's good actually point. quite scary. He could even, that could even be part of the, the it, like, to sign him, say, look, we'll give you front row seats to the concert as part of your extension. <laughs> You'll be able to sing one song, and nobody will be able to tell the difference. One song of your choice. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a Noah Khan song. It could be anything. So the, the package, yeah. as we mentioned, for Noah, or for Noah Khan, for, <laughs> for Chris Tanev, <laughs> the expected return for Chris Tanev right now, being discussed, is a second-round pick and an additional asset. Let's just hypothesize. Tickets to Noah Khan. Okay, yeah, thanks. But let's just assume yeah. that the Sens make this trade. They trade a second. And I would say that the additional asset, if it's a player, is likely a defenseman because it's going to get pretty crowded back there if you make I'm that Lassie trade. Thompson. Well, he's got, I mean, apparently he's just getting traded for like nothing. Like, do you see that was such a weird paragraph? In our, it was like Lassie Thompson, Igor Sokolov, and like Cole Reinhardt are going to get traded. I'm like, can you like get a seventh for those three players combined in a trade? <laughs> what are you and Kubalik. Or like... Kubalik yeah, in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if, if the centers do this trade and the asset is likely a defenseman on the roster, I would say it's a defenseman that's on the roster. I think it's probably either JBD or Brandstrom that's going. JBD. JBD. I, yeah, I knew you would say that. I'd say it's pretty up in the air for me. I don't know who would get traded. I wonder who is more highly valued, honestly, by the Flames. Do you think JBD or Brandstrom is more highly valued? By the org or around the league? By the Flames org. Who do you think the Flames think would be a better player to receive in that trade? Well, if they're losing Tanev, maybe they're just looking, not necessarily specifically because of that. It's not like they're competing right now. But you've traded Zadorov, who's probably more defensive, although a little balanced. You're trading Tanev, defensive. I, you might think that JBD is more enticing to them, but I don't really see that being like a huge asset, necessarily. Yeah, but again, they might. like. <laughs> it's true. Like, for, for a guy on an expiring contract, is that enough? Like, a second and JBD slash Brandstrom. Is that enough to get, get that deal done? I don't know. 
I have no idea how. But the other thing is, like, this is very likely a bidding war. I don't think the Sens are the only team that wants Chris Tanev. Like, it's not that kind of situation. It's starting I to think... sound like it. Dude, who else has been theorized that they want Tanev except for the Canucks? Ooh, I don't know. Like, like all I've been just traded from, everything like, people... in their organization for Lindholm. So. Yeah, Lindholm, Yeah. So that's exactly not going to happen. But like, this is like, wouldn't a contender look at Chris Tanev? Like, Louie, you're talking him up a lot. Like, would a contender not look at Chris I don't Tanev understand. and be like, I would be like, yeah, like this guy can help. Like, there's and and I feel like you would almost certainly rather go to a contender than Ottawa. No offense. Like Ottawa's going nowhere. Well, that's that's why the trade is likely not happening this year with odd or this year, like you know, at this deadline with this Ottawa, season. and it's more likely yeah. a signing. Yeah, but I mean, like <clears throat> maybe, but it's just the fact that Ottawa that it's been like, but it's been so talked about that Ottawa wants to make this trade. Like, why are we talking about this now? Like, why wouldn't we be talking about it in April or May? Because I think the rest of the trade landscape is so barren that there's not much to talk about. Because we just saw Monaghan get traded for a first. That's how terrible the market is right now. That is how absolutely horrendous. And but why are the market right now? A... Like, isn't there? I don't know, dude. Why are, wh- I know, but why are trades happening right now? Why did the Lindholm That's just get I mean. traded yeah. now? Why did Monaghan just get traded now? It, it's really weird. Like insiders were talking about how they're making up a new name for people that are like that are looking or they're listening or. What is it that they that they said anyway? Because teams don't, don't want know. to actively shop. Like, there's this whole thing going on with Columbus right now. David Yurichek might get traded, which is another thing the Sens should absolutely be getting on. I know it's another really that's crazy. Of... I didn't know that. Yeah. Veteran. <laughs> <laughs> He's been around. He's paid his dues. But yeah, like, yeah, weird. man. That's if weird. if Yurichek wants is getting traded. Teams should be looking at that big time. He's a big defensive, super aggressive offensively. Like he would be so yeah. sick. He'd be awesome. So I don't know. Columbus in general is a little bit crazy right now. The fact that they're looking to trade Provorov that... right after getting him, like I know, who like could that, have seen this coming? You got to think like Kekalainen is like counting his days. I don't know how he. Well, still... Did you is see the like... Kirby Reichel tweet? Yes, I did. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's in shambles over there in Columbus. I know, and it's just like he's got to be the longest tenure GM now. He's got, or at least he's close. Like he's been there for like ten years, Yarmo Kekalainen, and they haven't really done much. Like, like they've been okay for a little bit. Like for small periods we, of time, they've been respectable. We should reserve Columbus Blue Jackets talk for when we have uh, Carter Paulette on an episode. Just <laughs> oh, let him yes, tee off on the our, Columbus our, Blue Jackets our buddies, organization. Our, our one Ohio friend. Carter Paul, yeah. good resident American, he's, resident American. He's a he's a listener. He'll maybe we'll have him on one day. Great Overwatch player, Carter Paulette. Shout out, Carter. <laughs> he's a great Reinhardt. Good tank. Man. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. Like Yurchek, I think the problem there is like, from what I understand, is he's been in the A, which is weird because Columbus sucks, and your best defensive prospect is playing in the A. When he could definitely, he was in the, the NHL. NHL. That's the thing. And then he got sent down. He yeah, was told. He I'm pretty down. sure he was told to get a place, and then he got sent down. And it's like everyone else around the league <laughs> at his peer group is playing. Really, yes. Like he's looking around, and then he's like, "What the hell, guys? Like, what do I have to do? Like, we are literally the worst. You are the worst team in the East. The Sens just passed them. They are now the worst yeah, team we can in the say East. That now, yeah, friggin' a, go Sens. Let's go. Uh, Ruining our lottery. Know, Let's go. That's probably going to be a hefty price, though, if they trade Juracek. Like, that is, uh, 
That's not that's not the second in Brandstrom or JBD. That's more than that. No, I'm a big believer. No, in I think I think I have him second that draft. Like he, I think he would I be like some sort of package like Sokolov, Thompson, and Reinhardt, maybe. <laughs> and then they want a real <laughs> yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my god, Well, yeah, we'll see. A lot of speculation now, but it, you're right. Like it is maybe... weird. Like just, just let's go over this. So the the, the trades that have happened. In the last little bit, there was the Lindholm trade that we touched on, which was Lias Lindholm to the Cucks for a first Hunter, is it Hunter Brustovich? What's his first name? Hunter Brustovich. Hunter Brustovich, who's considered, like, people are calling him the Adam Fox of the OHL right now. I think they're just doing that to spite Calgary. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko, who is getting healthy scratched by the Canucks and has a pretty high cap hit. It might have been like a throw-in, but we'll see. Maybe the Flames can make something out of him. Uh, Yanni Yermo and a conditional fourth. All of that for Elias Lindholm, who is at the All-Star game right now, representing, I think, Vancouver, but maybe still Calgary because he's the representative. He's representing Vancouver. Isn't he the only Canuck that that's not on the Hughes team? Yeah, yeah, Which yes, is really that's tough yeah. He got drafted now. by um, yeah. uh, by by uh, the McKinnon, McCarr, and McRae team. Yeah, because he's the former Calgary, so McRae made the pick. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but there was that huge trade, and then just today, uh, Sean Monahan for a first and a conditional fourth if the Jets will, like win the cup or something, or conditional third if the if the Jets win the cup, which probably won't happen. But man, like. That's a, that, those are heavy packages for those two players. You would have to think for a guy like Tarasenko, if Monahan is getting a first plus, he's got to be like the price has to be high. Like I'm a big Tarasenko, I like him, I really enjoy watching him, and he's been great for the team. But if you can get like a first and an asset for Tarasenko on a one year deal, you would be stupid not to make that trade, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. I honestly think there's a world in which if the Sens continue to play him, now it sucks that it's kind of at the expense of Ridley Gregg, but if the Sens continue to play Kubalik, they could probably, not. I'm not saying they get it first, that's insane, but they could probably get an asset. People were saying, oh, they might have to retain just to get, you know, like a seventh. But if, you know, he keeps up, he's not getting assists, but he's scoring-ish considering the amount of ice time he's getting. And he has a track record before this season. I think they could get an asset yeah. for him if you know things stay dried up like this. But where it's like, okay, well, we need someone who can score in a depth role. He's our only option. Yeah, but that would be a trade if you're getting anything for Kubalik. That's like at two fifty-five p.m. on deadline day. Sure, that's like, fine. That's, but like you said, yeah, they, need, I, like, I, they don't I, have I a third this really? year. That's what it would be cool is if they could get a third. They have three fourths, but if they could get a third yeah. for something, you know, Kubalik plus uh, Thompson, Sokolov, and Reinhardt for a third. <laughs> Maybe. So do you think, Maybe they pull do you that think, off. Do you think Thompson, Sokolov, and Reinhardt will be a package? Or do you think they will each be traded individually for conditional sixth round picks? They they would have to be part of a package with some... Like, you know, like if you're trading for Tanev, you probably have a guy like Thompson, maybe, I don't know, in there. I don't think they're the main pieces of any deal. I think they're sweeteners. No, no, think so when the GM <laughs> mode tells you if you've sweetened the value just a touch, that's who you add to the deal. Like, I was about it's just to a say, weird group, weird group of players. Go on, Louis. Sorry. 
I was just about to say, it sounds very much like GM mode behavior where I realize I'm at the cap for maximum contract. So I tender yeah, each of them and then fine trade all of them up. individually to get a Sorry, six but if you're at the cap, if you're at the cap, or if you're at the contract limit in GM mode, you're trying too hard. Oh. Me, gosh. it's always they sign guys for me in September because I just have like 24 contracts. <laughs> wow. You just have your main roster and that's it. Remember yeah. when we had to, when we tried to trade for every pick in the first round years ago Josh. Yes, at your house this is after class yeah. one day i remember we just went home yes. and we were like how do we get every didn't we get really close or even i think we it? got them because we started with tampa bay to make sure it was possible yes we had enough so we had a ton of assets yeah yeah and this is back when it was actually players. possible to trade for first now it's like i've offered things where like the the trade bar is like triple but because the team is rebuilding or they're even just like predicted to finish like 20th they're like we are holding on to this like the outcome would be Wayne Gretzky. So we, we did it at the right time before the recent games. Yeah. Did you just have no players left? Like you just traded all your players? Yep. I think we, we had, had to like sign 36s. Like, all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To sign no, all we the signed guys DLC. to trade them to get the first as well and free agents. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, NHL. What a game. What a game. Um, yeah. I don't, oh, here's I don't some, here's some breaking news. Talking. Okay, go on. Oh, the NHL is returning to the Olympics in 2026. There you go. All right. Yeah. yeah. This awesome. comes on the same day of news of a four-country tournament: Canada, that's USA, weird. Sweden, Finland. Yeah, which is yeah, absurd. You got about 65, 70 percent of stuff. hockey talent. For some reason, you're just excluding like 190 whatever countries would a team like do you think a team made up like you know how they did team europe that one time in the cup yeah do you think a team made up of players not in that tournament would win not win but they would compete you're talking russia slovakia czech republic mostly right germany germany yeah, yeah, yeah they have like two players although they are very yeah three but they're very good players but it's really mostly russia switzerland yeah and honestly czech like the like pasternak so like they yeah, yeah. You know, that's true it's russia plus pasternak uh, Dry Sidle, Stutzla. They'd make a run, dude. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I that's true. No, they would, they would the, actually, goalies, the goalies would be unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what? That, that'd Sturgeon. be interesting. That's a possible episode idea for that tournament. Yeah, we just talk team. about, you know, yeah. if there was a fifth team, what would be the best team and how would they compete? Like, where would we rank them? That is We're interesting. Just making Team Europe 2.0? Yeah. Without Sweden and Finland. That could be yeah. cool. Well, well, yeah, well, because I mean, they weren't part of it the first time around. I mean, for the first World Cup of Hockey, yeah, and there's no age thing, so it's just every, no all age year, all ages. Yeah, like a Team yeah. Europe without Stutzla, Dreisaitl is probably over 25 now. But you're thinking without those guys that are 25 or under, whatever the cutoff was, or was 25 well, just Europe North American 25? It was just, just North, North America. America. Oh, okay, yeah. such a weird yeah. concept. That was so strange. Yeah, I, I like. I it don't was, know. It was good. It was I feel like it the Europe idea was great. No one yeah. would have been mad if this announcement was just we're going to the Olympics in 2026. I don't think you needed to add this strange Mickey Mouse tournament. Like, I don't know. When, I, when I, is I it even? Next year? It's 2025, probably instead of It's also of in Boston, game. where their best yeah, player is Czech. <laughs> exactly. Pastor yeah. can't play. What the hell? <laughs> what is going on? Like, do you think Marshall It'd be cool. will be on Team Canada? Next year, probably. He won't be that old. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Bubble player. He's just he's a staple, you know. Fourth line or two. He, yeah. His style yeah, would work right. on a depth role oh, in a, such a stack team. It'd be cool if they were like, hey, the four teams are in with their players. Now everyone else in the world can get drafted to these four teams. 
<laughs> Tim Stutz, the honorary Canadian. <laughs> William Nylander, Team Canada, because he's actually from here. True. Like at the draft Calgary. yesterday, they said from Calgary by way of Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's funny. Uh, I'm excited that they're going to the Olympics. I think that is long overdue, and I think everybody agrees. Um, but man, like if they didn't get that, holy, there would have been some, there would have been some fireworks. So, do you think 2026 will we see a Team Canada with McDavid, Bedard, and Crosby all on it? No. I think oh, the odds really? that one of them is injured, unfortunately. Okay, let's say injury that... aside. What, no, no, okay, that's stupid. You can't play. You're talking 2026, right? Yes. Winter 2026, is that at the end of 2026? No, it would be, be like, like around now. now. It'll be two years from now. Crosby will be 38. Okay. I'm mostly thinking of Crosby. Yeah. He would make it today, yeah, but will he make it in two years? That's a... I think he you could. You think so? I think, I think so. He's still really well, I good. I think he could. I, I don't know. So Crosby's what? 27? He's a bit over a point per game. Like, you'd have to make out the whole roster and then check. He's having a good year considering this year, isn't he, Crosby? They, they also play with two extra skaters, right? 13-7? Yeah. So that's an extra thing. Like, you know, that's an extra spot compared to regular four lines. Yeah, I would say most likely. And even if he wasn't as good as mm. someone else, just his... Like, A, his history with Team Canada, and B, his name value alone... He would yeah. probably make it over someone who's even a little bit better. Like he'd have to be like the twentieth best Canadian forward to get cut out. I would say. I think there's no doubt McDavid goes. I wonder if Bedard. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Like maybe hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. He would make Bedard. He would he make it next year, and so then you have another year. But Team Canada likes doing this thing, which is this is why I'm, I'm I would be more sure that Crosby would make this over Bedard. Because remember when they did the Team Canada, and I guess I guess it's kind of a stupid argument because there was literally a team of under twenty four players. But I feel like in past Olympics, Canada goes for the older guys, like they give them more leash than the younger guys. Like they'll take an sure, older guy. Sure, but this is Connor Bedard. Guy. Yeah, this is Connor Bedard. Like... I understand. And I should. I think they will. Like if if my like to answer like, do I think all three will be on? My answer is yes. But if I would say yeah. I'm more, I would be less skeptical about Crosby making it than Bedard. But I think all three of them will go on. I think that's a hot take. That's I fair. think that's really hot. Petrangelo. So let's look at the like last time they made it, they went to the Olympics. Petrangelo was on the decor at 24. Duchesne was there at 23. Wow, that's um, crazy. Tavares was there at 23. Um, that's how it. So those Bedard are the guys born in, in 91 or later. How old? How old were Bedard? He will he will be twenty. Cool. Like, Here's man, the thing: turns, he, will, he will turn you're twenty-one talking, later that year. You're talking guys who are like you know McDavid was compared to Crosby. Then they're not similar style at all. But Bedard being compared to McDavid in the sense that these are first overall picks, guys who were putting up two points per game in the OHL before or in the CHL before being drafted. I just think the just the idea of imagine they went. McDavid 1C, Crosby was still good, 2C, Bedard 3C. Like, think yeah. of the idea of that team. Like, you still even said McKinnon. Like, yeah, McKinnon? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's wild. And, and that's okay, mostly, yeah. I'm mostly saying it in that sense because of, you know, those three guys. Like, I think that's the comparisons have been made between those three. 
And I could see McKinnon coming in and playing the wing with McDavid. Just imagine that. Jeez. I think a lot of people have been, like, when they mock Team Canada lineups, like, the forwards, like, anywhere you slice it, it's going to be unreal. Like, maybe the best group of forwards out of anybody. And then there's arguments to be made about the D, which we can get into, but Canada does not have a goalie. Like, who is it going to be? That's a good thing. Bennington? Like, Bennington, I would not trust as my is number Aiden one Aiden Hill goalie. Canadian? Logan Thompson and Tristan Jari. Oh, jeez. That's not that terrible. Is... That could be know, worse. Man. That could it's be worse. It's bad. Like, look Here's at, an look interesting look at the competition. one. USA is going to be rolling out Hellebuck and Ottinger. And Aiden Hill. I guess we can hope De- Devin Levi breaks out before then, maybe. That's true. Matt Murray. That's Hill, Jari, Levi is... Are both Matt Murray's Canadian? I just think like here's any way that any way that you go, there have they are they have the worst goaltending in the tournament, and I think that is a cause for concern. Yeah, for Team Canada. Um, They're some other against every team. Team Canada. So the hockey writers projected Team Canada's roster last August, uh, and interestingly, they made the second pair Shabbat Chikrin, so an actual wow. current pair. I think that would be cool. Yeah. You would have, you could probably do two. Actually, I guess Petrangelo is a little old now, but you, I was going to say you could do two might still make it. Uh, real pairs. Well, here's the thing you have Makar, Morrissey, Bouchard, Dougie Hamilton probably make it. That's five, right? Or four, I don't know. Um, a guy who, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. And again, could be an episode since they're going back uh, in the offseason, but like a guy like Darnell Nurse will probably make the team. Oh, come um, on. Uh, Shea Theodore is still relatively yeah. young. I could see Chikrin making it, and then I could also see Shabbat making it, but I could also, like, I I would, I could see the argument where they take Chikrin over Shabbat, just like the this player style for the Olympics. Um, but I think this would be a fun episode to do, where we project uh, yeah, the main, I, I was about the biggest say, country's yeah. teams. You could mock that. Um, that would be fun. That would be very interesting, and I think, um, Team Canada and Team USA would have like crazy uh, comparisons. I think there can you can make an argument, as sad as it is, where the US could you could say on paper have a better roster than Canada. Definitely but I'm sure we'll get likely. into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we'll see. So um, the, we don't have to get you know too deep into the uh, political aspect of it. But is Russia allowed back in the Olympics by this time? I is bet, the I doping ban no. gone? I, I can bet check. no. Yeah, I'm sure I can just look it up. Russia doping man. Um, it said four years, so t- technically they're back now. I don't know. So, is but the they can play under the Olympic any... athletes of Russia, right? But Considering the hockey ban... players are already drug tested. Is their ban for doping different than their ban for like what's going on in Ukraine? I don't think the Olympics have banned them, though. Have they? I'm pretty sure that's just the IIHF. Does the IIHF overlook the Olympic hockey tournament? I don't. I don't know, actually. But it would feel. I'm weird. sure like, we will research that before great. we do our episode. Comp- yeah. Uh, looking yeah. at the teams, we're going in a bit. But a lot here, of interesting. Yeah. It raises a lot of questions, and I think this is something that you know everyone talks about how hockey struggles to grow and stuff. That is undoubtedly something that hinders its growth is that there's zero best on best international tournaments nobody you know if you don't watch the nhl a lot of people who don't watch the nhl would watch an olympic gold medal hockey game because they just want to see their country win 
So I think yeah, that's something that will watch it. Yeah. And think of how good the product's going to be. Like oh, Team Canada versus really Team USA. And, like, and on international yeah. ice. Can you imagine McDavid, yeah. Bernard, McKinnon? You imagine uh, Jack Hughes on that ice, McKinnon oh, on that God. ice, going line yeah. up against each other. Like, oh, it's gonna I don't know if Germany will make it to the finals, but yeah. But either way, oh, like, no, you're I mean, talking... In the tournament in no. general. Yeah, 100%. So, it sucks that it's two and a half, or two years away, but pretty exciting to look I mean, forward that's to. Great. Yeah, we'll that's great. That's a good, good on the NHL. Maybe over yeah. the summer, but we will correctly we'll predict that. all the medal winners. Correctly, yes. Correctly yeah. predict. Yeah, exactly. But I right, think we've well, talked about uh, is, just about uh, everything in the world. Yeah, today. this is uh, this is a bit. We covered a lot on this episode, eh? This was like a very we didn't even talk about PWHL, which we'll just we should touch on next episode. But I think yeah, we didn't. Oh, that's has happened. Yeah. No, uh, everyone's so. still. I mean, they're on a break now because of the All Star. Because the uh, yeah, the well, PWHL. they play Sunday, but oh, do they really? Oh, so it's not a not a yeah. break. Okay. No, no. There you go. This regular. We can we uh, can say that Savannah Harmon essentially won the entire three on three PW showcase with a hat trick and two assists. Like, well, there's also yeah, there's also the they they competed in the Sense Skills last weekend, which we didn't really. Talk yeah, that's about. right. So oh, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, Norris, one fastest skater, almost fell and injured himself, which would have been funny and sad at the same oh, time. Oh man, that would have been brutal. But yeah, that was My... fun. Chicken hardest shot. McEwen well, yeah, like, up there. McEwen, he was yeah. up on the top five multiple times. Cannon. Unreal. Yeah, he, has and he was probably taking cannon. snapshots, I bet. Instead oh. of clappers. Nah, man. He's making he's making his way into my good books, dude. One game. I, I, for the first time ever, and I can't believe I ever thought I would say this, I was upset that they scratched him. Yeah, they're yeah, dude. I was like, why? I would play him I'd play him over Kubalik. Over Castle. Well, and yeah. ca- and Kastelik. Kelly at four C. I mean, yeah, now, now we're talking about thirteenth forwards. We we gotta we gotta kick Greg out of here. Yeah, <laughs> not not really, Greg. Just uh, our or Craig. Sorry, my apologies. Our recording called Craig. Uh, but anyway, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Zoomcast. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Take care, everybody. Peace.